When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Geekscapists. Jonathan here. Welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. If this is your first Geekscape, we're going to be talking some pop culture, movies, video games, comic books. You're going to get my thoughts on this episode because I'm going to be doing this episode solo as a bit of a catch-up. I went to freaking Russia. I was on the other side of the planet and I wanted to give you guys an episode and I couldn't. So now I'm back in the States and I'm going to give you guys an episode. Was I censored? No, I wasn't censored. I just couldn't find anybody who spoke English well enough to do an episode with you guys. Um, so this is the episode you guys are going to get, but I'll tell you all about it. I'll tell you about some other adventures, maybe what I'm reading in the comic book world and more. So if this is your first Geekscape, that's what you got in store for you. If this is not your first Geekscape, you kind of know the drill and I'm glad you're back with us. Strap in. Let's go. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode, and it's just you and me today as we catch up on my thoughts and I kind of get my legs back after a whole lot of travel. I'm super, super tired, but I wanted to um, catch you guys up on some of my adventures and also kind of what the pop culture stuff is that I've been consuming. Whew. Um, but to tell you that I'm exhausted is a bit of an understatement. That being said, it's all pretty exciting. It's all pretty fun. So I hope you guys uh, listen. If you're like, hey, man, I want to kind of hear you talk to other people, go back an episode. My good friend Steve Sobel and I sat down and became friends in one episode. Steve is somebody who came on my radar from being on this really, uh, let's just call it cringy, um, late 90s Nintendo 64 promotional video called Hot News 64. And we found it through our good friend Ralph Oppel because it's sort of kind of it's a cringy video and you're just going to share those on the internet i was like hey man if this host or in this cringy video if he still exists i want him on geekscape and i want to talk to him about uh being in this promotional video for the n64 and everything else and what turns out uh on upon having him on the show is that steve's a fucking awesome guy and it was great sitting down with him and i loved every minute of it so that's an episode ago before that we have our huge san diego comic con spectacular where it was just I think, I think that's close to a two-hour episode of just shotgunning through guests at the booth. And a couple of geeks gave us, like, Derek and Matt. Um, so, that's what's on the feed right before this episode. This episode is you and me. 
and I'm not just catching up for you guys, I'm kind of catching up for myself too. I'm kind of collecting my thoughts because it has been a non-stop world tour since June. <laughs> Uh, since June, I have not had much longer than a week in Los Angeles. Um, Mid-June, I went to New Mexico to visit my mom, and then I went to the Northeast. You may remember I did an episode in the Northeast with our good friend Scott Kloffenstein. That was my first trip to the Northeast and to uh, New York City and New Haven. And then I turned around. I was home for a week. Um, and then there was Comic-Con. And you guys were there for Comic-Con if you've listened to that episode. And Comic-Con is the most tiring week of my year. It's psychotic. It is exactly what everybody says it is. Uh, and for somebody who's there from Tuesday to Monday, it's just like being pop culture bludgeoned for a week. And by the end of it, you don't know which way is up. And as great as it is, and I'm not going to complain about cotton candy, um, it's just it just takes it out of you. Um, want to tell you guys that we did launch a brand new geekscape.net while we were there um let us know what you think of it go ahead and email me jonathan at geekscape.net or derek at geekscape.net derek's in charge of the website he's really been holding it down big apologies to our developer paul who's amazing <laughs> but the feedback has been minimal from my end because i just haven't gotten a chance to play around on it that much i mean do you guys even want to read articles on the site we like to put reviews on there and some thoughts that don't make it to the podcasts and for that, I think the site is still very valuable. Derek is in charge of it. He does a great job. Um, but let us know if this is something that, that's really important to you guys to get our written thoughts. Because for me, I think it's important. Um, I like the fact that we do movie reviews and things that don't necessarily make it onto a podcast and have those things available for you guys. Um, if not... <laughs> maybe we just post podcasts and that's it that's a lot of what we post on the website but regardless go ahead and uh check out geekscape.net for some of our written content maybe you've never been to geekscape.net maybe you're getting this through uh whatever podcatcher we're on iHeartRadio now or on spotify apple podcasts um maybe you're listening on your google alexa or whatever smart speaker you have this uh subscribed to i really appreciate to uh that you guys are doing that and we're available on all of them so if you're a longtime Geekscape listener, maybe you pass it on to your friends and be like, hey, dude, you just got that Google Alexa um, installed. Here's a podcast you can listen to while you brush your teeth in the morning. <laughs> um, so, okay, so Comic-Con. Okay, that brought us to Comic-Con. Comic-Con is exhausting. Uh, I'm stop for a little drink right here. Um, Comic-Con is exhausting, and then I turn right around and I go basically to the airport from san diego um i had a flight that night it was delayed because of storms in new york uh and so the next day uh comic-con ends for me on a monday we drive all the stuff back we store it and then that tuesday i fly to new york and i do another couple days of lecturing and doing workshops at yale and then i come back to new york and i fly out like that morning that saturday morning um and go straight to a wedding back in LA but um something happened uh, in the car on the way from to the train station at New Haven to take the train back to New York and there was a lot of trains planes and automobiles <laughs> on my uh last two months so bear with me um my ex-wife Laura called and I'm in a car I'm in an, a lift on the way to the train station in New Haven and, and Laura called and said that 
um, our dog Rufus is dying. And I hadn't seen Rufus in a year and a half. Uh, Laura moved to New uh, to Santa Rosa, and it was hard for me to see the dogs when they moved to Santa Rosa. Um, not that I didn't want to see the dogs. Of course I want to see the dogs, but um, there, it, it just brings up so much of the last three years and even before that of the dissolving of a marriage and my decisions to leave and so much guilt that you carry through all of it. And did you do the right thing? I've been spending the last couple of years in a state of, did you do the right thing? And I think that we all kind of live with that in certain aspects of our lives. <laughs> you know, we, we drive around or we walk around or we, we, we exist in this state of, hey, am I doing the right thing? Like, hopefully you have that level of self-awareness, but um, it's really dangerous to be asking yourself constantly, did I do the right thing? And not just turn it into self-criticism or turn it into negativity or uh, tear yourself to pieces. So you have to slowly learn to put that voice away. Yes, I did the right thing. I didn't make a mistake. I made a decision. And grow confidence in making decisions and realizing that you're making decisions. You're not making mistakes. Um, but when suddenly I get a phone call that my dog Rufus, who I love more than almost anything on this planet, who was my you know, spiritual partner. <laughs> my wife was my spiritual partner. But for Rufus, Rufus was like, was like my, my refuge. He was like my little buddy. He was, he was like my little confidant he was you know anybody who's been close to a pet or or you know understands that they're just this silent partner that is there and just understands in their silence what you're going through and you know I wasn't happy I wasn't happy for a long time maybe you didn't pick up on it on Geekscape maybe you did but I wasn't happy and um and I wanted to make a turn towards the happiness but I was silently just unhappy and Rufus it felt like was my confidant in that like I I could I could self-medicate with a little with, with the companionship of a little creature and um he got me into running he was at our wedding he was at our divorce he was through so many things with us and whenever things got rough I could always just check out lay on the couch with Rufus on my chest and uh massage his little neck and Laura called me and said that he may not live another week and that his body was filled with tumors or he was just having trouble breathing and there were only so many tests that we could do now that he's almost 14 years old and and that he wasn't going to live uh, another week this is a this is friday after comic-con and i'd already zigzagged back and forth across the country and so i'm flying back to la in the, in the morning and i'm just crying in penn station taking a train into work and I get home and I'm totally jet lagged and I go straight to our friend Gil's wedding and I'm checked out pretty heavily. Um, you know, my dog's dying. And Laura calls and says that she's coming to town um, to visit a dog uh, for a client and she'll bring Rufus with her. If he's healthy enough. Like, if he makes it to that Thursday that she's coming to town, that following Thursday, um, she'll bring Rufus. And I, of course, say yes. Um, but... It's like, you know, uh, you know, how much longer am I going to get a chance to see this dog? And here's a chance for me to see him for um, 15 hours? Have him spend the night with me? Of course I'm going to take it. But again, it, it brings up all those feelings of like, 
did I do the right thing? Is this the life that I that I made for myself? Am I happy with this life that I made for myself? The, the answers to all those things have to be towards a positive, or you'll go insane. You know, and I truly do believe that my life is 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 on the upswing now, and I am and not because. I'm living an extravagant lifestyle or everything, all my dreams are coming true or this and that, but because the core me is in a better place than, than I was. And if you don't have that core, if you don't have that really strong uh, sense of self or that strong sense of, of your mission or your signal in this world, and you've let all that noise in, if you, you know, you gotta cut all that noise out. And if you just, if you have that strong sense of self, then, then it really doesn't matter, you know, the, the income or the setting or all that all that stuff that can be changed all that stuff that can be addressed right you can get a new job you can you can figure out where to live you can change the people that you hang out with but being with yourself is something that i had to address and i almost had to cut everything to zero i almost had to just blow it all up and 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 so suddenly you know i have this chance to see my dog for overnight and um and of course I'm going to take it, but obviously all those feelings come back with it, you know. Um, so, so I got Rufus for a night, and, um, and he spent the night. We watched Bloodsport, and I took him to the beach in the morning with my friends. And you know, and he's he was old, like Rufus is old, and um, and they're doing construction next door. If you can hear that, <laughs> and uh, and then I dropped him off, you know. But but he was fine. He found a tennis ball. He was still showing like. He, he was not the, he did not appear to be the dog that was going to be dead within a week. And I drop him off with Laura and, um, and we meet up and Rufus is going to drive back to Santa Rosa. And when I put him in the car, he seemed completely healthy for his age. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll see this little guy again. That was amazing. That was an amazing you know, 14, 15 hours. I'm really grateful to Laura for letting me do that. Um, she's the legal owner of these, of, of the dogs now. And, um, and it was something that I had to give up. And, uh, and so, so I'm really grateful for her, uh, for, for allowing me to do that. And, and when, when he drove away, you know, I, I sat, I stood on the door, I stood, I stood, um, on the sidewalk and, and I cried a little bit and, um, and I was like, you know what, he, he was doing, he seemed all right. He see, he seems like, like I'll see him again. And, um, and Laura and I were in a place where we can talk. Um, and a few hours later, Laura called me and said that he was not doing good. And by that night, uh, she was pretty sure that he had suffered a stroke somewhere in the drive he was walking in circles his tongue was hanging out his eyes weren't focusing and um and obviously you know i'm up all night friday just reading symptoms of strokes and, and what could have caused it was it something i did should i not have taken him to the beach should i you know should i not have let him play with a ball like but the truth is that when a dog has a lot of cancer when anything has cancer um, and they have tumors in their body that that level, you know, stroke is something that can happen. Uh, you know, I guess the blood's not circulating properly. And here you have this, this high possibility of a stroke and, and he seemed fine the next day. And that was a Saturday, but Laura and I made the decision. She made the decision and I 
supported her in the decision that, you know, Saturday morning she said, I'm going to take him in Sunday and, and that's going to be it. And we're going to put Rufus down and, and, you know, and bless her that she had the strength to do that, that she, that she had the strength to take the dog to the vet and, and to put him out of his misery. Cause he, I mean, he, he had a good day Sunday morning and, and he seemed fine Sunday morning before she took him in and he seemed fine Saturday night, but, and he was fine with me Thursday night, but, um, but then he had those moments where he wasn't fine and those were going to become more prevalent and you're going to watch your dog or something that you care about slowly fall apart and, um, until it's, that's it. And, and it's like, you know what, do you want your little guy to go out on a good note? You want him to go out healthy and happy? And, um, and that's what she did. She took him to the vet and, and that was it. Um, I was no longer in the country. Saturday morning, we had that phone call, and I was headed to the airport. I was headed to um, the airport for the next 20 hours. I was going to be flying to Crimea uh, to uh, perform and do workshops at a comedy festival <laughs> for a week on the other side of the planet. I mean, what a weird opportunity, and what a weird freaking turn of events uh let me tell you how it came about in june uh as i was starting the u.s tour of my summer um i was contacted contacted by my uh old student elena and uh elena lives in moscow she she was my student at new york film academy back in maybe 2011 and she was my producing student, and now, flash forward, 2019, she was working with an organization called Tavrita that is a forum in, on the Black Sea, on the coast of Crimea, uh, where they were having uh, these youth for art forums. It's, an, it's like an, it, it was basically like an art Coachella. And so, for every week, there'd be a different discipline, whether it be music or acting or writing, um, or comedy, that, oh, um, painting, I don't know, but, but every week there's a different, um, discipline, and, uh, young people in their 20s, um, from around, uh, I think there's 85 Russian provinces, uh, and there's former, obviously, Russian countries like Kazakhstan, uh, so there's 85 plus of these things, and, and students from all over, can apply to attend these this forum in their discipline, you know, whether or not you're a musician or a comedian or aspiring, this or that. And if they accept you, you get to go full ride. So it's something that the government hasn't set up in the US, but I think it'd be amazing <laughs> if we finally suddenly woke up with a government that would support the arts to that level. Um, and, uh, and I think it, it, it seemed like an amazing thing. Uh, so she invited me to come and be a part of the comedy week at Tavrita uh, in Crimea, in a, in, and I thought that it was next summer. I was like, okay, you want me to fly to Russia? Great. Um, I have reservations, but I have a year to get around those reservations. In summer of 2020, I can go to Russia, and or I cannot go to Russia. And it turned out that she wasn't talking about 2020. She was talking about August 2019. <laughs> she was talking about a little under a month and a half from now and 
my summer's already moving so quickly that I have no idea, like, how to research this thing or, you know, figure it out and do due diligence because I have tons of reservations about flying to Russia. Um, this is a country that, you know, just let's get political. This is a country that whose government uh, meddled with our elections. They, uh, you know, they are run by a president that, you know, this dude took power in a way that is beyond questionable. And there's no doubt that they're national, that he has a nationalist, you know, platform in the, much the way that Trump or the president of Brazil or, you know, um, Boris in, in the UK has a nationalist platform of saying, hey, we're going to scapegoat or point fingers at a minority group and use that minority group to empower ourselves. And that... it. I'm not cool with this. Uh, and so I had to like really quickly weigh these options. Okay. Do I, you know, and, and obviously I talked to super action man and, and, and asked to what he thought. He was like, don't go unless you can go as a spy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but super action, you know, I, of course, like all these I, things started coming into my head is like, you know, this is a country that probably listens to its, you know, listens in on its, on its citizens. But, do does ours um you know we, facebook spies on us but then this country maybe spies on them and and there is censorship and there are things that you can't say and there are websites that are bland, banned is geekscape one of them it probably is after this episode um you know i'm not cool with all this stuff and then beyond just russia going to crimea which is the reason that there were sanctions towards Russia in the first place was the annexation of Crimea from the Ukraine. Is Crimea still considered part of the Ukraine? Is it still part of Russia? Do my credit cards even work in case of emergency? If something were to happen while I'm on the other side of the planet, are my Visa and MasterCards going to work in a country that has just had Russian banks established in the last five years? Because in 2014, this is when this whole annexation happened, uh... I don't know what the hell I'm getting into. <laughs> it's basically the, the the sentiment that I've ha- I was carrying for a month is like I don't I don't effing know what's gonna happen. That being said, I wasn't gonna get another opportunity like this. Um, that's a really stupid. Like I think that that is a pretty stupid mindset for like excusing yourself into a situation that could go bad. As be like, hey, what else could happen? Let's go hang out in this murder cabin for for the night. You know, it sounds like the kind of mindset that somebody would have in like a movie like Hostel. Is be like, what's the worst that could happen? When am I ever gonna get another like situation? You know, that's a great way to get murdered or thrown in the gulag. It's like, what's the worst that could happen? Well, you could probably get like uh, car batteries attached to your nuts and get electrocuted while tortured. I don't know. Trust me. There were a million horror scenarios going through my head based a lot out of just me not being able to do any of the research. I had to just keep going back to what the forum was advertised as, which is this youth arts forum. I had to go back to the fact that I've known Elena for 10 years, uh, almost 10 years, and she's a good person. Uh, She believes in this. And doing my as much research as I could... It seemed like a legit opportunity. It seemed like something that I would regret not being a part of. So within a week, I was like, yep, let's go. And this was late June. 
And I said, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's figure out how to make it happen. And, and, you know, fast tracking my travel visa, my Russian travel visa, um, doing everything I could to, you know, people do travel to Russia. Tourists do go to, tra- do go to Russia still. And Russian tourists do still come here. Um, they should, probably shouldn't post as much as I do on social media. Um, but it does happen. So, uh, you know, an hour after I may, you know, talk to Laura about putting Rufus down, I, I'm, I'm on a plane to Moscow and that's a 10, 11 plus hour flight. Um, I land in Moscow and I go straight through, through my passport, you know, uh, the whole passport clearance thing. And then I, I, I jump on a plane for two, two and a half hours to Crimea to a town called Semferopol, which like, I don't fucking know. I don't know where any of this stuff is. It's a whirlwind. It's a blur. I saw it on a map, but what does that matter? Um, you know, so I land on this peninsula and then I'm going to drive two more hours to the Black Sea, the coast of the Black Sea, to this forum that was built just for this giant arts festival and at that point I land in Semferopol my body doesn't know what time it is I'm completely jet lagged and I'm getting in this car with people I haven't I've never even I don't know anybody on that like I don't know anybody anywhere you know Diana who I was told to meet at the airport in Semferopol I you know WhatsApp is working T-Mobile says that uh, my phone will work with free data and Wi-Fi in Russia, which it did in Moscow. But then I, I get to freaking Crimea, and there's another like <laughs> byproduct of the annexation. T-Mobile isn't working in Crimea. It worked in Moscow, but then I land in Crimea, and well, guess the annexation hasn't fully gone through because T-Mobile doesn't recognize it. My free data Wi-Fi doesn't work in in Crimea, so suddenly I'm I'm completely blind. I, you know, <laughs> thank God I I downloaded Russia to, Russian to my Google Translate, so I can you know type something in and then point to my screen to translate something. But I'm told that this girl Diana is going to meet me at the airport, and they're, they're going to drive me for two hours to the forum. And she's wearing a super orange shirt, and I go and I get my bag uh, off the um, carousel and there's Diana and she's wearing a, an orange shirt and um, super nice and she speaks English uh, she speaks English probably as well as I speak English which isn't that good no kidding um, Diana spoke English pretty well um, definitely not her first language but she definitely spoke it pretty well and uh, we get in the car for two hours and I just I, I you know I have some video of what I was seeing Russia is totally what you think Russia is from the movies. Um, I saw a lot of a lot of Puma tracksuits. <laughs> I saw a lot of Nike tracksuits. <laughs> um, a lot of the dudes. I was like, okay, all right, John Wick's coming for you. <laughs> I was like, really? You guys are wearing all these tracksuits, dude? <laughs> That's come on. Um, the women are beautiful. The women are all beautiful, and I'm like, how does this work? You know, um, and so uh, immediately, like all, like all, all everything I thought was gonna happen is happening, 
And I'm like, okay, as long as this doesn't immediately turn towards the worst case, you know, imaginations. <laughs> and uh, so I get in this car for for two hours, and I'm and now it's nighttime, and my driver is fucking driving like it's Mario Kart. And let me take another drink. So the sun's going down, and I'm you know I'm 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 looking out the window and just kind of taking it in. And Russia looks like Russia, like, there's, like, giant tenement buildings, and, you know, there's a a nice countryside, uh, so we're driving through Crimea from, I guess, the north of it, north, middle of it, to the south, to the coast, and the sun's going down, and this driver just starts, you know, it's a two-lane road with a lot of winding going on, and we went from, like, farmland, now we're starting to go into the woods, towards the coast and he's taking turns and he's going into oncoming traffic he's driving like a fucking madman and i'm trying not to say anything because i'm like okay dude like when in rome i guess um and i'm trying not to brace myself too much um you know keep in mind i'm completely tired i've been up 24 plus hours uh you know the travel has totally kicked me in the ass i'm trying to stay awake but at the same time I'm kind of freaking out that this dude's driving so crazy. And I'm like, hey, Diana, are we in a rush? And she says, yes, you're part of the opening ceremonies. <laughs> I'm like, what the... F- I don't even know what I'm doing. Geekscape is... I didn't even know what I was doing. I just went to Russia as part of this program that you know, my friend Elena was a part of. And did I know exactly what I was doing? She sent me, like, my career... Like, she sent me my schedule... But she's like, your schedule can change. And the schedule is like, okay, you're going to do a workshop on stand-up. You're going to do a workshop on improv. You're going to do a workshop about, like, podcasting. You're going to do a workshop on, you're going to go on the main, you know, I didn't know I was going to go on a main stage. And like, okay, so, okay, you're going to go on a main stage. How big could the main stage be? Like, honestly, like, okay, am I in a high school forum? You know, are we in like a hotel and maybe it's a conference room like I don't really I, I'm not grasping the full scale of this thing and so then we get to the near like this town of Sudak which is the nearest town on the coast to this forum which was on a beach and we start getting close and I start seeing these crazy installations like a makeshift castle with like really amazing writing on the side it's like all artsy stuff and then I've seen these giant heads in the desert that somebody made, some artists made these giant heads. And then we pull up and there's like a little village of eco-lodges. And eco-lodges are basically transformed containers that are turned into rooms. So it's a container um, and they've transformed it into a room with a bathroom and a bed and, and all the anemones, all the anemones and... Uh, and suddenly, um, uh, you know, they're like, hey, this, is the, this, is, this is where you're staying, number 14. And my body thinks it's like the middle of, it's the middle of, it, it's the middle of the night. <laughs> it's like 10 o'clock at night. And I cried almost the entire flight from Moscow about my dog. So I'm really twisted and turned at this point. And they said, hey, um, put your stuff down. This is your this is your lodge. This is your little lodge, your eco lodge. Put your stuff down, and in 15 minutes we're going to bring you into the festival, and we're going to start the opening ceremonies. 
And I was like, uh, okay. So, I, you know, I asked him for Wi-Fi, and I get on the Wi-Fi um, using a VPN, of course. Geekscape is, come on, come on now. Um, so I get on the Wi-Fi, and, uh, and I change my clothes, which are rat, like completely nasty because I've been in them for 20 hours. Um, and I FaceTime with Laura because... She's going through this thing. You know, as soon as I got on Wi-Fi, I was getting a couple of messages, one of which was an update on the Rufus situation. And I, and I FaceTime with Laura. And at that point, it's, I was 10 hours ahead. So it's daytime, and she's in the yard with the dogs, and Rufus is still running around healthy, quote-unquote healthy. And she's like, okay, in a few hours, I'm taking him in. And I'm like, all right. And I say goodbye to him. Say goodbye to my little man on the FaceTime. And then I get in a car and I go into this Burning Man-like freaking festival. Holy shit, Geekscape is... The stage was not a high school auditorium stage. The stage was like fucking Coachella. And all I see are all these people hanging out and raving and partying. And people on stage, there's a band rocking out. There's lights, there's fireworks, it's fucking crazy. I, you know, I'm with Elena at that point. Elena, so, like, at least I know somebody. I got introduced to my translator. Her name is Anastasia. She's amazing. I will be talking about how awesome she is. And they're like, hey, are you ready? And I'm like, fuck no. I just said bye to my dog, like, f- ten minutes ago. And there's a host, and he's saying stuff in Russian, and they're like, hey, they're going to introduce you and talk about all your stuff. And I'm like, okay, I sent them a bio, maybe, like, I don't know. And so I just have to be smiling and waving to, like, all these people in the midst of this enormous party, like, festival thing, ten minutes after saying goodbye to my dog. Pretty fucked up. I was a dancing monkey. I definitely did it. I said, hi, how are you guys doing? Anastasia translated it. And I was like, yeah, this is all incredibly impressive. They treated me like a rock star. Um, And I just wanted to go home. I just wanted to, like, turn around and go to sleep. I just wanted my dog, man. Like, I didn't... I didn't know what the fuck was happening. Um... You know, so I hung out, I tried to smile, I tried to distract myself, I tried to be like, you know what, man, as far as distractions go, this is a pretty balls-out distraction. Because there's fireworks, and there's people dancing, and there's music, and there's laser light shows, and, and people are coming up and meeting you, and I'm just like, okay, you gotta figure this out, Jonathan. Tomorrow you got to be funny. Today was just like a 10 minute smile and wave and say hello. But like tomorrow you got to figure this out. And, um, and so I went and, and I, I, I met, I basically hung out with my, tra- my, my translator Anastasia and, and, uh, and Elena. And I learned about the festival and the festival is five years old. And this is the biggest year by far. And, um, and they're building it out into a year-round event, and it's going to be this enormous... I don't know, it, it, to, to explain it to you guys, it's like if Banksy 
here in the states it's like a bunch of street popular street artists like banksy uh, like teamed up with each other and then they got a government fund to start an art forum in a really cool exotic place uh i don't know what does the united states have that's like cool and exotic i don't know everything kind of gets commercialized but let's say they're gonna find like something on the oregon coast you know and it's gonna be a little bit remote and these artists are all going to put together a summer-long educational and entertainment series for young people to come and be artists and network with each other and learn from experts and at the end of it it's all going to culminate in this giant festival and it's going to be like Coachella or if if like Coachella had like a learning element to it so there're going to be concerts and entertainment but also you can stay there and there's lodging and then during the day you can sit in classes and learn and there's going to be competitions so our week we had stand up and improv and a bunch of comedy stuff so there were open mics that you could go to and I judged on a stand up competition um series uh which was interesting we'll get to that and um so that's kind of the setup of it and so I met a couple of the artists and it all seemed pretty cool um you know, I obviously have the reservations about the government involvement and I'm like, okay, this is something that the government has funded for the youth to get them, you know, rolling and and obviously a part of me is conflicted. I'm like, okay, everything you believe about the Russian government, but then there's this whole thing that's pro arts and pro youth. Well, I'm into the pro arts and pro youth thing, but I'm not into the source. <laughs> I mean, shit. You know, it's like if if Donald Trump turned around and was like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and like start a program like this, it would really fuck your head up because you're like, no, I, I fucking hate this asshole. <laughs> and and now, you know, he's doing this thing that, you know, on the surface is all good and let me figure this out. So I just had to keep telling myself, hey, man, concentrate on the kids who are in their 20s, <laughs> who are almost my age in some in some places. Like, just concentrate on what you're here for. And let's just, like, do your thing and just stick to your guns. Stick to your guns, stick to your message, and just be a resource. Um, And that meant, like, not talking bullshit. That meant talking about, if you're going to do comedy, you're not going to let yourself be censored. Like, I'll be a fucking one-man pussy riot, which may may get me arrested. But but if if you're going to do comedy... You got to go for it. And I know it's different, but we have a problem here in the U.S. with the shaming and uh, social media. So over there, yeah, they have Big Brother. Big Brother's looking at your social media. Big Brother's there. Um, here, we let's admit, we kind of have so Big Brother in each other. You can't really post an off-color joke or you can't really, you know, you got to kind of think about what you post online. Like, consider James Gunn, you know, getting fired off Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Like, yeah, those jokes, or Guardians of the Galaxy 3, like, yeah, those jokes weren't fucking funny. But it's still censorship when you turn around and, uh, and, and you kind of big brother each other. So, and I'm not talking about Me Too. I'm not talking about physically grabbing other human beings because... Me Too's Me Too is it's horrific and it's anti-consent and all this. But I'm talking about is that we should have freedom of speech in this country, and that is a protected right. But what good is freedom of speech if the second that you say something, everyone around you starts pointing fingers at you and blasting you on social media, and you lose jobs over it, or you lose opportunities over it, or you're shunned out of 
you know, your lifestyle for it, um, for saying something. Freedom of speech should still be protected. And so, yes, they don't have it. <laughs> we supposedly do. But in many ways, the social media culture of shame has caused us to lose it in a lot of ways. So we, I, st- I think that very heavily we got to protect that. Um, and so that is kind of the message I wanted to go out there with. And, you know, they got to figure it out. That's on, you know, Super Action Man would say that's kind of on them to, to figure it out politically and, and to vote and, and be active. And it's on us too. You know, if we're not happy with the way things are going, we got to figure it out. Um, I think that there's going to be a pendulum swing against a bunch of this social shaming stuff that's going on in social media. I think it's, it, it can become oppression very quickly. And we got to be careful with that. And I know that I've said stuff on this show that I look back and I'm like, fuck, man, I shouldn't have said that. I might be doing that in this episode right here where I'm like, eh. I know you were feeling it at the time, buddy, but probably shouldn't have said that. Again, you just got to live in the moment. You got to think about, you know, what you're saying. And, um, and you got to think about what the context of when, when you said it and why you said it and not shame yourself and censoring yourself. Uh, or else we're all kind of silent. And what's the point of having the First Amendment in the, in the first place? You know, what's the point? If you're just going to shame yourself into silence and shame each other into silence. So, all right. So I go home. I go back to my little pod. And, um, and that was it. I wake, I wake up in the morning and I go on a really jet lagged run around the property. Cause at night I couldn't see, I mean, Russians do things so freaking late. It was, they, they went to like 1am and on my body, that 1am already was like several days later. <laughs> Uh, I have had no chance to recover since San Diego, since before San Diego, since like June. I'm like running on borrowed time for months. And, uh, and I wake up and I go on a run and, uh, and I explore the whole setup. And I got to tell you, it's gorgeous. It was like being in the Mediterranean on the Black Sea. The Black Sea is super clean. It's really nice. Um, you can see the the bottom in a lot of places. The coast is gorgeous. It's got cliff faces. It's amazing. There's beaches, and we're set up, we're set up on like a like three mile stretch of beach, and it goes inland a little bit. But the whole forum, which I didn't really leave for a lot, you know, for most of the days, was just set up in this this area, and it's got multiple stages. It had multiple classrooms set up. It had all these art installations. If you guys have seen my my Instagram, like there or Facebook, there's like there were all these containers that had spray paint all over them. They let they really let the students come in and, and put art everywhere, and it was really funky and eclectic. And there's and there were sculptures and there's a coffee shop that they set up and everything's so artsy and it did feel like a festival. It felt like you're at a Coachella, I've never been to Coachella, but I, from what I can tell, it felt like you were at Fire Festival, or not Fire, fuck Fire Festival, Fire Festival didn't happen, it sucked, um, Burning Man, it felt like you're at Burning Man, or you're at Coachella, or some of these really cool indie festivals, but it was centered around learning and centered around art, and so I went running around it, super jet lagged, but I know if I get a good sweat in, I can kind of figure out my head a little bit, and I need some time to myself. And so I went a little bit of run. I went to explore within the, the fence because it's, you know, it, it was all kind of like you'd get at a festival. It's this whole fenced in area, but it's huge. 
and so I run along the beach, I run on some hills, and I, and I, uh, and I kind of see everything. I see the village where the attendees are, and then I'm in the village where the experts are, the vetted experts, and, um, and I shower, and I go to breakfast, and I meet a couple of the other teachers, and I'm the only one from the U.S. I think I'm the only one that's not from Russia, and so these, these other experts are supposedly pretty famous as stand-ups in Russia, and you know, I, I can't really talk to them. <laughs> you know, it was, you know, Anastasia was pretty awesome, but, uh, but, you know, uh, we just kind of wave. I was like, hey, man, I don't know, I don't know these guys, you know, I don't know, I don't know any Russian comics, and so, you know, I go to breakfast, and then I go, and I, I sleep for a few hours, and then I start putting together my class for the, for the evening, I have a workshop that I'm teaching, and, um, in the workshops that week kind of went well. I had three workshops and did some 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 talking and did some jokes and some of the jokes translated brilliantly. Some of the jokes didn't translate at all. And <laughs> that's okay. It's like doing an open mic. Uh, some of the jokes you didn't intend as jokes turned into jokes because they thought it was funny. Um, there were definitely um, some language barriers I had to work around. Uh, but ultimately, you know, I just wanted to get across to the young kid, the young kids, I call them young kids, they're probably your age, Geekscapists, many of you who are in your 20s. Uh, I wanted, just wanted to get across that, you know, what I believe about comedy and what I believe about this stuff is that it's very close to drama. Comedy and drama are pretty intertwined. And that you want to get to the center of who you are. You want to get to the center of your, your emotions. You want to get to the center of your feelings. You want to not censor yourself. You know, you want to not be censored. You want to understand that character and story are more important than jokes. So if you go to see a stand-up, uh, you go and see somebody doing comedy, uh, it's not effective for them to just be throwing jokes at you, like a, a firing squad. You know, you, you want to you hear a story. You want to be led through an experience. You want to be led through a point of view. So character is really important. Um, and ultimately, you know, telling them that they that what they say and is not as important as how they make people feel which is something that i think oprah says uh people won't remember what you say people remember how you how you make them feel so think back just through geekscape if you're a longtime geekscape listener uh think back to like any specific episodes like you don't really remember what i talk about you don't really remember what i say maybe in some instances but for the most part i hope that you've remembered how i made you feel now, hopefully that means part of a community validated as an individual part of something, right? Um, I want you to feel awesome when you listen to Geekscape. I want you to feel like you're part of this relationship, that you're part of uh, this experience, that you're part of a, a, a fabric of people um, who are like-minded and also diverse and exciting. That was always the intention of Geekscape. I think that we've done a good job of it. We're not the biggest podcast in the world. We're not the smallest. Uh, we're not the biggest community in the world. We're not the smallest. But some of the things I was talking to the students about and the attendees was about that. It's very much the, my belief as a storyteller. I may not be the best comedian. I may not be an active comedian. You know, I definitely wasn't the best stand-up. I'm definitely not the best at improv. But I know story. And I know about using the specifics of who make you you to connect to other people. Because we do that a lot on Geekscape. And whenever I do my interviews, that's what I'm digging for, is the specifics in both myself and the subject so that 
you can connect to them. I don't want broad generalities. I don't want generic overtures of what this or that means. I want people to be real, and that means being very specific to give you something to hold on to so you feel something. You may not remember that specific thing, but hopefully you remember how those guests made you feel or how this show made you feel or this community made you feel. So that was pretty much the gist of what I was trying to teach over there. It's like, hey, dig deep. And if you want to make it funny, make it funny. If you want to make it dramatic, make it dramatic. But really, you're a storyteller first, you're a comedian second. And, uh, and there were some really funny comedians. So some stuff that didn't translate for me, some cultural stuff that I just didn't get. I, did, I judged two nights of a stand-up competition. And Anastasia did her best in trying to translate as, <laughs> as well as she could the humor. Some of it didn't translate. Some of it did. But really what I picked up on was like, how comfortable are these kids on stage? How, how, you know, do they move? Do they breathe? Are they, listening? Are, they, are they interacting with the audience? Or are they just coming at the audience, you know? Um, that's stuff that doesn't, you know, ma- it doesn't, language doesn't matter when, when it comes to like being comfortable on stage or it comes to presentation or it comes to conversation with an audience. You can just tell that stuff. You can tell when somebody's nervous on stage or they're blasting through their material or they're fumbling. You can always tell that stuff. Um, so wh- whether or not the material was funny, well, that, de- that depended on Anastasia and her uh, ability to translate for me. So, um, so I did some judging and, um, and that was fun. Uh, I told a lot, shit ton of jokes and that was fun. I, you know, that first workshop, I got to tell you, I was so nervous and I, I, I had poked my heads into the other workshops with the other comedians and the other experts. And I saw like maybe 20, 30 people in each of these. And there were hundreds of people at this forum. And when I popped in, uh, you know, that day, that first Monday, I was like, okay, let me get a, let me get a gist of like, how you know well attended these workshops are going to be and you know so i pop my head in and i'm seeing like 20 30 people and i'm like okay i I can handle 20 30 people let me let me think of some improv games let me take you know the translating and the language out of it at some point and let me make the majority of my comedy some interactive improvisational stuff so that we can get physical we can work on physical technique we can work on some of the improv stuff we can work on doing some games we can work on some of the rules of improv that failure is good and that you need to work as a team and you need to listen. A lot of the stuff that, that works in improv is keep your body open and vo- you know react and be fast before you can think about something and always be additive and be positive. Uh, you know, it's a yes and game. So I knew that I wanted to lecture a little bit, I wanted to do some jokes, and then I wanted to go straight into some improv games. And I was like, okay, well, you know, if these things are only attended by 20, 30 people, I'm down. Like, I can handle 20, 30 people. Geekscapist. <laughs> I even told them. I told them, to, you know, I went to my classroom, and a couple hours beforehand, I go to my classroom, and I tell them to take seats out of it. I say, hey, we're going to need this area here in the center to run some of these improv workshop games. Take some of the seats out. So I show up, and all the seats are already full. I already have 20, 30 people in there. I'm like, okay, well, cool. This is what we're working with. There's five minutes left and the people keep coming and coming and coming. And it's like every damn attendee of this forum. <laughs> there were like two or three other workshops happening during my time. Um, I had 80 people in that room and most of them were standing at this point. And I'm like, holy crap. 
they came to see the American guy. <laughs> and so I'm, uh, so that first workshop, I'm like, oh crap. And it's like if I do geek, when I do Geekscapes live or, you know, at conventions or something, if you guys have seen Geekscape at a panel, like I kind of like feed off of it. So I just started feeding off of it and I was just like, okay, we're going to blow the roof off this place and we're going to go crazy. So I got super physical. I'm running around. I'm high-fiving people. I'm telling the jokes. I'm getting people fired up about doing comedy. I'm getting people super fired up about being part of this and I'm just feeding off the energy and I was just going nuts and it felt so good before I knew it. The hour was over. And everybody was laughing and going nuts. It didn't matter what language they were in. Some of the English translated. Obviously, Anastasia translated the rest. People were fired up. They're in the games. They're doing some physical stuff. They're running around uh, acting and doing improv. And, and it, it was just awesome. And then, then, the, then the class is over. I get a freaking standing ovation. <laughs> they were standing anyway. <laughs> Maybe that's cheating. Um, everybody's applauding. And then for the next 30 minutes... They're coming up and they're wanting photos and they're wanting autographs and they're wanting me to record videos to their friends. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus, this is insane. They're treating me like a rock star. And, you know, and then that night there's another concert and people want to hang out and sit at the coffee shop and pick my brain about comedy and writing and movies. And, and I mean, they're like you, Geekscape. It's it's like I'm over there doing freaking Geekscape lives for the most part. And then Tuesday rolls around and we're going to do it all over again. And then Wednesday, we're going to do it all over again. And Thursday, we're going to do it all over again. And it made me feel so good. Um, you know, let me tell you about some of the excursions. Like Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, they asked during the day if I wanted to go out on an excursion, an excursion out to Crimea and go on a hike. And, and I was like, that sounds great. So, you know, Diana and uh, Anastasia and I go to, out to this hike out on, on the peninsula. And... It was beautiful. It's just along the coast, and and uh, it's where these people go. You know, we went to this swimming town uh, called I think it's called I can't pronounce this Novisviet, and there were so many people there to swim at these beaches, and there were cliffs, and we go hiking along the cliffs, and into this grotto. There's a grotto. We're hugging the cliff on this hike. And the landscape, I got to tell you, the landscape looked a lot like Southern California, and it looked a lot like, like Texas, uh, where I grew up. And so it, it, you know, it's hilly, and um, and I think it was just that longitude that it's on. Uh, it looks like Greece. Um, so we go hiking a bit, and we, you know, and it's not like it's not hiking like I do here at Griffith Park. It was definitely like a touristy hike where you have a lot of people around, and. Uh, and historically it was a pretty cool place. We turned the corner and there's a grotto in these caves and it's where this prince, uh, I looked this up, uh, Prince Lev Sergeyevich, how Russian is that? Um, in 1889, he developed this wine and champagne and he would store it in this grotto. And so again, if you go to my Instagram, you'll see like, uh, this grotto where this prince would store this wine and supposedly when the czar came and tested the wine he saw the world in a new light which gave the town i think Novosviet means new light and so um we took photos in this grotto with all these cool you know carved out places that made it a winery it made it a, a wine cellar um 
And so we took photos there and we walked around and there were people who were zip lining at the beach and it was just a pretty cool hike. And, um, and then we, we, uh, came back and I did, Johnny did more comedy. <laughs> and then Wednesday, Wednesday, we went out to a castle. We passed the castle on the way to Novi's yet. And we passed this castle and I was like, holy crap, the castle's amazing. And it was in the center of this town of Sudok, which is a nearby town. And, um, in the town, and so Wednesday we went to this fortress, this this enormous castle, like Game of Thrones freaking castle, and it looked like Winterfell. It was like freaking Winterfell. Um, didn't look like King's Landing. Looked more like Winterfell. Um, but it's in the town of Sudak. You guys can throw it up on Wikipedia or do a Google. But this was a Genoese fortress, um, and it was built kind of towards the 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 end of the the Crusades. Uh, definitely towards the last half of the 200 years that the Templars were really active. And the Genoese merchants, uh, you know, as part of the Crusades, were part of uh, taking that, that part of the coast away from the Turks. So, that, so Turkey is just across the Black Sea from where I was. And the Black Sea's huge, um, but Turkey's on your side, and the Turks were in that area along with all sorts of different tribes over the years and uh and this 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 particular fortress was built by the genoese um from italy and these were merchants that helped support the 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 crusades and this coast was basically the very end of uh the line before you go into turkey in the middle east uh, on a crusade so uh this coast was pretty strategically important to the crusades and this fortress was part of that and the fortress is amazing Again, I'll just keep telling you guys, go to the Instagram or go to Facebook to take a look at some of these pictures. I have tons of pictures of this castle. There's walls within walls within walls, and it's up this enormous hill that's on a cliff face. So the back of the castle is defended by this cliff. Everything else is up this giant uh, hill, and I can only imagine what a pain in the ass it would have been to try and take this castle because going up this hill while there's arrows and stuff raining down on you is just horrific. And... There's multiple walls you had to get through. It's some real Game of Thrones stuff, guys. Uh, it's completely beautiful, and the town was built around it. Um, but just, you know, they got me a tour guide, and the tour in Anastasia translated the tour guide. And you know, this this fortress, even though it was part of the, you know, the Genoese had established it, it went back to the Turks. It went back to the Genoese, so it went from being a, a fortress run by. Uh, Christians to being run by Muslims. There was a mosque that was built when the Muslims took it. The Christians take it back. Uh, they paint over the frescoes that the that the Muslims have put up. And now there's Christ frescoes on the walls. And then as they started, uh, I think uh, about 50 years ago, they started, um, you know, uh, a bunch of people came in and started cleaning up this uh, this fortress for tourism and they started going through these layers of frescoes and they started uh, cleaning things up and digging out these different sites. Um, just seeing some of the pipeline and stuff that was that was laid for this castle is amazing. Uh, stuff that, uh, there were all, there, there was like water storage and this stuff that was super, I couldn't imagine, basically what I'm trying to say is I can't imagine building one of these fucking things. <laughs> They're so big and um, 
and then having an entire town supported by this fortress not only just the the water but the agriculture and storing all that stuff and the amount of you know uh it was not good to be king it was not good to be in charge of these fortresses uh you very much uh i got the gist of um how heavy the crown is that uh what's the saying heavy is the head that you know bears the crown um i think i botched that one but i definitely got the gist of it because this i they did a great job of explaining to me all the different moving parts of the castle uh, throughout the multiple generations that had, that had ruled it and that was wednesday and uh and then thursday was my last day when we went swimming in the black sea we went on this excursion uh in a boat and then we went swimming and as we're swimming there it was me diana and um and anastasia and as we're swimming these dolphins start swimming past us beautiful dolphins and the coastline is beautiful it's got you know it's these cliff faces and uh and it was pretty incredible we're sitting in the water and the water's super clean uh super cool and then all of a sudden these dolphins start swimming a few yards from us coming out of the water doing their jumps doing their thing their dolphin thing and uh and it just felt like the capper on a pretty amazing uh trip i went back to my eco lodge i showered it was t- i'm almost 10 hours ahead of everybody here so it was you know there was obviously some communication over wi-fi and stuff but um i was usually in the evening when you guys were waking up here in the states so uh well not a whole lot of communication and so I, uh, I had two more comedy shows Thursday night. I come back and I'm, I'm a judge at uh, this, the last night of the stand-up competition. And they're going to want me to say a couple funny things because I'm vetted as a judge. At that point, I've, I've met a couple of the comedians from Russia. Uh, I'm told that they were super cool, but I didn't interact with them too much because there's a huge language barrier there. Uh, I wasn't able to get anybody on the Geekscape. I brought all my recording equipment, but I couldn't record one because... It was just, what, what was I going to do? Geekscape is do a Geekscape where we have to translate every freaking word. <laughs> that would have been a pain in the ass. And I don't think it would have been entertaining for you guys. Maybe this isn't entertaining either. But, um, but So listen to this. So I'm told before the last night of judging the stand-up competition that somebody from the administration, the government administration who's in charge of youth culture, is going to be in attendance, is going to be a judge, and that they have to okay all the jokes and they have to okay all the all the documents and all the all the things that are gonna be said and i and immediately the bristles on my you know like the bristles on the back of my neck go up because this is exactly the situation i wanted to avoid was going to russia and intermingling with anything that later could have been like hey jonathan what were you doing in russia talking to this guy who's in you know putin's administration and so this guy from the administration was there and he was in charge of the youth uh, education ministry and all that stuff and um and i never met the dude he was only there for a few hours he was supposed to judge on the on the stand-up showcase but he was called and had to leave and i was really thankful he did <laughs> because i just didn't want any kind of association even if he's a ni- i don't even i don't even nice guy or not nice guy or this or that i don't know i just don't i didn't have time to do due diligence I felt like I was at a major disadvantage in Russia the entire time I was there. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick to teaching the students, stick to my message, and stick with 
Elena, Anastasia, and Diana, and I'm going to be okay. And that's the story I'm always going to go with because that's what I was about. And, um, and so I get on this panel and the standups are good and we do the judging. And then afterwards they say, Jonathan, like this is your last night. You're going to get up on the main stage and you're going to do this late night talk show bit and they're going to interview you on stage. And so, uh, they sent me the questions in advance so that I knew them so that I could answer them and then send the answers to, to Anastasia to translate for herself so that whenever I answer them on stage, she was quick with it. Um, but I told her, I was like, Hey, listen, I'm probably going to ad lib a lot. So just be ready. But this is generally my answers. And they just were, they were going to ask me things about like what movies I'm into. I'm going to try and find the, the video geekscapist cause you guys are going to fucking love this video. So after the stand up showcase is over and thank goodness that dead dude never showed up. Um, and the, and the other comics were pretty awesome. Um, after the, that, that showcase is over, they, you know, we chill for a little bit, I get a coffee, and then they usher me onto stage, and I'm ready to go. Like, I know what the questions are, they're going to ask me about what movies I'm into, if I'm in any Russian movies. They're going to ask me to judge a meme competition that they were doing every night, and I was like, yeah, I'll do that, that'll be fun. It's basically the students make memes based around, they have a, a competition, they're going to write memes based on funny photos, um, and then... I have to judge the memes and maybe give like alternate versions of the memes. So they sent me the memes in advance and I thought of some really funny alternate takes. Um, and, uh, and then what was going down? Uh, oh yeah. And they were, they were asking me like what I would say to everybody. They're just, it was like a late night interview and then they had me on the couch for like a late night interview, me and Anastasia and she's translating, but I knew the questions in advance. Um, so I could get the answers translated. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your boy went off script. Let's just say it straight up. Jonathan went off script. Um, I I got to get you guys a video of this. Because um, the meme competition basically was to win a bunch of free stuff. And every night, kids were trying to win an iPhone. And the kind of the crap gift was to get a badminton set. Um, so I went up on stage and we started talking and immediately the host of the show and Anastasia start talking in Russian to get to know each other. And I'm just sitting there as the guest, like, I don't know, nobody's talking to me. And it was only going on for a few seconds, but I just, in English, obviously, <laughs> I'm like, hey guys, quit talking about me. And, and that kind of stuff like gets a laugh. I started acting really obnoxious and I'm acting pretty loud. And I start a USA chant and I start going USA, USA. They start chanting USA. Um, you know, you can't tell me that somebody from the administration's coming and I don't start making material in my head like a freaking monkey who can't resist pushing a button, right? Like, it was my goal to say the end speech from Rocky Four, where Sylvester Stallone's like, if I can change, you can change, everyone can change. You guys know that speech from the end of Rocky Four. It was my goal to, like, yell that just so that I could have video of it for my brother. Um, but I got pretty damn close. I didn't do it, but I got pretty damn close. So I get on stage... And I just start freaking out. There's like hundreds of people in front of me in the stage. It's like the lights. It was the same thing from the night, first night where it was like crazy ravey. And there's bands playing and stuff like that. And I get up on this main stage. The biggest mistake you could have, could have made was putting me on a main stage. Because I go right off script. I start yelling about like the only movies I watch have Spider-Man in it. Russia needs to make more movies with Spider-Man in it. 
I watch Russian movies, sure, but you guys need to make movies with Spider-Man in it. No movie without Spider-Man in it is any good. I just start yelling stuff like USA, pro-USA. You guys are all going to get reprogrammed. Jonathan's here. He's going to he's going to program you American style. You guys are going to get redoctrinated. <laughs> I just start talking all this spewing all this stupid shit. Uh, you know, and I and, and then we get to the meme and the meme thing is like this meme about oh I gotta find this video for you guys they gotta send me this video maybe they burned the video because I, I threw so much pro-America stuff in there um, but it was about how you know students you know you know they're into the iPhone they want to win the iPhone every night this competition they want to win the iPhone and they don't want to end up with a badminton set and I stood up and I was like F that let me break this down for you the badminton set is what you want to win not the iPhone. I said, because if you win that badminton set, it means that you're going to have to go out and find a friend to play badminton with. You're going to have to be social. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. you got to go out there and play badminton. If you win an iPhone, you're going to be glued to that stupid thing, face down like a zombie, antisocial, off on your own, no friends, glued to the iPhone, and it's listening to you. And you're being monitored. And so I took out my phone and I was like, you know what? Let's all take our phones out. Let's throw them away. Let's burn them. Let's throw them in. <laughs> and so I started this whole movement to just throw our phones away. And I throw my phone into the audience. There's video of it. You see me throw my phone to the edge of the stage. And I'm just like going crazy. I'm like, I'm like down. You know, I'm basically being like down with the man. And I'm like starting a movement. It was ludicrous. It was completely stupid. Um, clearly I'm here. I didn't get arrested. But the whole plot point was to uh, try and be, uh, you know, tear it all down. Throw away your phones. Um, Big Brother's watching. Um, That kind of thing. It was, you know, it was fun. Um, So that was that. You know, I got off stage and people thought I was a rock star. And I hung out until 1 a.m. And then my car came at 3 a.m. and took me right back to the airport two hours away. And I traveled for 22 hours right back to Los Angeles. <laughs> and it fucked me up. Um, that is a hard trip, guys. And they, You know what? The funny thing is, they're like, we want you back. They wanted me to come back in two weeks to do the, the end of the festival. And they probably want me to come back next summer. Um, I got to tell you, it was pretty. we'll see what, what, what happens in the next year. But that was a crazy, rewarding week. And I had so much anxiety about it. Um, I don't know if it was founded or not, you know, but it was, from where I'm standing now, two days later, it was pretty incredible. And it's definitely something I'm going to remember for a long time. Um, And I made some friends. Hopefully I made the right friends. Um, And I don't know. I mean, we'll see. (laughs) The relationship between our countries changes pretty frequently uh the world is a pretty weird place and we'll see if things go south we'll see if things get better but um i just went and i tried to speak my truth and i tried to talk about comedy and i tried to talk about you know being yourself and i tried to talk about not letting anybody stop you from expressing yourself and and uh figuring out who you are and a lot of the stuff i talk about here on the podcast cutting out the noise securing the signal and just sharing your story 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 because I think stories are the most powerful things we got. Um, they shape our worlds. So that's my story on going to Russia. Um, in the meantime, I want to tell you guys, 
my favorite comic books right now, just because I was thinking about them. Um, Outer Darkness by John Lehman is amazing. It's a science fiction comic, but imagine that instead of using science, you're using spirituality to power your ship. So your ship is being fueled by a giant god engine. You've got this god captive in an engine room, and it wants to kill you, but it's also powering your ship. So, um, you know, stuff concepts like that are pretty amazing, and they're in this um, they're in this uh, comic book. Uh, but if you guys aren't reading, you know, Outer Darkness by um, John Lehman, it's pretty incredible. Uh, it's a really cool sci-fi. Uh, fantasy book and then um, you know Jonathan Hickman's new uh, X-Men books uh, House of M and Power uh, House of, I'm sorry House of M was the old storyline uh, House of X and Powers of X this is like the brand new refurbished revamped X-Men over at uh, Marvel and it is effing weird it's really weird three issues have come out so far two issues of House of X one issue of Powers of X. You want to read all of it. If you're interested in the X-Men at all, um, go for it. Hopefully you're familiar a bit with the X-Men because it does some really weird stuff with the, your concepts of the X-Men. It does some real weird deep cuts. So um, I, uh, your boy is enjoying it. Uh, House of X and Powers of X. Those are my recommendations for comics. I have not seen the new Tarantino movie. Hopefully I see it this week. I'm lining up some new guests now that I'm back in the States. So we can do some new Geekscapes. Um, I got to tell you, the, the biggest thing I took away from that trip to Russia um, in the end of my world tour was I want to do Geekscape Lives. So uh, Geekscape Live is always something I've wanted to do for a long time. Somebody straight up just asked me what's stopping you. I think I'm stopping me. I'm trying to figure out how to do it. Um, Geekscape is, the idea of Geekscape Live is something that excites you, and, and Geekscape Live to me is not just getting on stage and doing a podcast. To me, Geekscape Live is getting on stage and doing a variety show, a variety show that is fun, it's interactive, it's got prizes, and it is very geeky, and it's fun, and if you come to Geekscape Live, you're going to want to come in person and watch it, because it's not something that, uh, you know, if you guys watch episode 400 of Geekscape, that's pretty close to a Geekscape Live. Uh, I would like to add the... I would like the addition of a little more danger, <laughs> basically more games. But if anything taking, take, that I can take away from this week was that I'm, I have a lot of fun doing live events. I have a lot of fun with audiences. I have a lot of fun doing stage stuff, and, um, and I think I'm pretty good at it. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I think I'm pretty good at it. So uh, I want to keep doing it, and I think I'm going to start working. I know I'm going to start working on ways to make a Geekscape Live a thing. Uh, and I don't know how regular, uh, we'll just see what happens, but as Geekscape kind of figures itself out in film and in podcasts and as a media, like social media uh, community, I think that's something that I've always wanted to do is make Geekscape Live an element of it. And if you're interested in that, you think you know what, you know, what I'm talking about, you think you get it and you want to help out, I would love to get an email from you guys. If you get, even if you think it's just a good idea, if it's something that you'd want a Geekscape Live, and obviously those Geekscape Lives would go out on the podcast feed, but there's something that would really be wild and fun in person, uh, and we'd have good guests, and it would just be crazy. Uh, if Geekscape Live is something you really think is worth the investment, just shoot me an email, jonathangeekscape.net, or, or hit me up on Twitter or Facebook and just be like, hey, I heard you talking about Geekscape Live. I think it's worth it. I'm starting the ball rolling because I think it's worth it, but 
you guys have my back. You've always had my back. And so sometimes I need a little bit of the encouragement when I have so many things going on. But the 2019 world tour is over. I think it was successful. I love you guys. Um, that's Geekscape. Um, we're going to have a brand new Geekscape here very soon. I'm putting the schedule together. Um, and I'm going to spend the rest of my day putting my life back together <laughs> after such a whirlwind few months. Uh, I got a to-do list that is very long. And uh, what does that mean to you? Nothing much. But go ahead and check out Geekscape.net, our brand new refurbished site. Uh, give Derek some props. And obviously, listen to the rest of our podcast if you're into wrestling or horror or old VHS tapes, or Xbox games, whatever it is, go over to Geekscape.net and search for it, or search for Geekscape in any of your podcatchers, uh, and share it with your friends, because Matt Kelly is doing a really good job of running our Geekscape network, Derek's holding it down on the Geekscape site, I really feel like we are running on all cylinders right now, we are just rolling, baby, and, uh, and I think it's exciting, so share that excitement with your friends, okay? That's Geekscape for the week, love you guys. Over and out. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.